I'm going to talk a little bit today about what it means to take notes when you're running multiple corporations. And note-taking is hard. Let me make it real clear. It is really hard. It's something that I have literally worked on and struggled with for many years. And when I say struggling, I'm not talking about things like, oh my God, I can't figure this out. It's about using different systems and refining and getting things squared around. I read a tremendous amount. And the things that I read, I really get sick and tired of people who bloviate and opine and tell stories just to fill space. So I tend to really get down to business when it comes to reading, writing, and the tools that I use to set everything up, I think are kind of cool. So I have my primary office where I do the majority of my work. And then I have a private office that's about, uh, oh, maybe 12 by 16 or 14. And in there, I have the ability to have some real peace and quiet and get things done and look out a window and enjoy the terrain of a horse farm. But the system that I have when I'm really working involves sitting back in an Eames chair and footstool with a gooseneck floor stand that holds my traditional iPad. Then I use a MacBook Pro, which is what I am actually recording this on, along with an Apogee microphone that um, is just an amazing tool that I've had for many years. I also use an iMac, and that's one of three that I use on a pretty regular basis. And I have an iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil, as I mentioned, the Apogee mic, and an adapter for both the iPad and the MacBook Pro. Then, of course, I have to have my coffee, and I have a couple software programs that I use very efficiently and effectively. Now, the most important software program that I use when it comes to studying is a program called Notability. Now, I have tried a variety of different programs for keeping track of notes, but I can tell you absolutely unequivocally, beyond the exclusion of every reasonable doubt, that Notability is by far and away the most amazing, efficient, and effective program. Now, one of the things that I do, and some people don't do, is I take notes by hand. And I am convinced that when you take notes by hand, you can process far more information and make stronger connections than typing everything out. Now, I know that there are people who go to their undergraduate, their graduate, medical school, law school, and they sit there and bang away at the keyboard taking notes. I get it. But you do realize that you are nothing more than a transcriptionist. And you do realize that when you come up against somebody like me, I'm going to smoke you in an, an exam. I don't take exams anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm at an age where that stuff is meaningless to me, and the people that know me know that it's meaningless. But the idea is this. Handwriting is slow. And because it's slower than typing, you have to be more selective. What happens is the brain actually engages and the note-taking process becomes something that is far more useful, again, than just banging away at a keyboard. Now, the big advantage of taking notes on an iPad, especially the iPad Pro with all of the powerful features that it has and using the Apple Pencil, is that the notes are available anytime, anywhere, any place. Now, I want to emphasize that this podcast is being done in my private office, not in one of my studios. And so it's not going to have the same quality as it would have if I was in studio. But to be really blunt with you, it's uh, 
I think it's Memorial Day, and I'm going to sit back and relax a little bit rather than being formal at my desk. You see, the key to me is using a system that is called bullet notes. And I use two forms of written documentation, a thing called field notes and moleskin. Many of you have heard me talk about the advantages of a moleskin, and I use moleskins constantly. But it's a real process that we use to keep track of everything because I'm an expressive and I'm an analytical. My personality is one where I am a quantitative analytical. What I like to do is dig into the facts and figures and once I've mastered them and I want to break them down into the simplest components so I can share them and then I like to get a soapbox and tell people about how you don't have to go through the trials and tribulations that I went through and here's how it works. So it's the reason why I say I'm an analytical expressive. The quantitative analysis which is the analytical is really easy to be very blunt with you. Mathematics is never tough. And when you take someone who has a mathematical background, a quantitative background, and then you combine that with collaborative intelligence without the collaborators knowing who they are. In other words, it's secretive collaborative intelligence. And what that means is I gather facts and figures from all different sources you can imagine and pull those together in order to make something that makes sense. What I do then is I'm looking for the connections and the similarities. And this podcast is called Connecting Dots for a, a very simple reason. It's what I do best. It's what we do best at the firm, and that's our hallmark. I have people occasionally who evaluate us based upon like the standard Poor's 500 index. Well, how do you compare against the S&P 500? We don't compete against the S&P. Well, how do you compete against others in your, your peer group? We don't have peers and we don't group together. We have a very methodical process by which we benchmark performance but I'm not going to talk about that today, not in this podcast. And what I'm saying to you is that what we bring to the table is the qualitative aspects that you're not going to get with, in my opinion, 99% of the advisors, agents, bankers, brokers, dealers, and financial planners out there. So when it comes to taking notes, for example, that's a big deal. And most people do not journal and take notes. You know, one of the people that journaled extensively was Patton, General George Patton, and his diaries have be, been really insightful to me and others. Also, you had people such as Dwight Eisenhower, who journaled, going all the way back to days long gone, people such as Napoleon, George Washington, and Abraham Lincoln, and modern times, you had Richard Nixon who really took great care and copious notes as to what they were thinking and doing. But taking notes is not something that you're doing for history. It's to remember right now what it is you're thinking. And using, for example, the bullet note system gives you more efficiency and effectiveness in your life. Now, I always say this. You want to do what you like, are good, profitable, and can control. Let me repeat that. You want to do what you're good, what you like, what you're good, what you're profitable, and what you can control. Those are the key elements in going through life. Now, with that, time, money, and effort are precious. And recently, I had a couple of people who really violated and abused my time, and that will never be done by them again. Now, later on this week, I'll be sharing, I believe, in a two-part series, it'll probably be two-part, about an organization called Meetup and what I experienced in Meetup with something that I call podcasting for business, news, and fun in the Ocala metropolitan area, and what a disaster that was. And it gave me an opportunity to go back and look at what other people have talked 
about online when it comes to, well, time wasters, no-shows, ghosts, and people who are simply jerks. Now, when I use field notes, and let's go into the nuts and bolts here, the process that I use for taking notes is known as bullet noting or bullet notes. You can look that up. I'm not going to get into the details, but it involves a very simple shorthand. On the left-hand side of your paper, and think of a column, you have a dot, and you have a dash, you have a triangle. You have a greater sign, a less than a sign, an equal sign, and each of these has a very specific meaning. I would encourage you to make your own shorthand up. You don't want to have more than about seven to nine shorthand items. If you go beyond that, you simply have too many. Most of your items, for example, a dot is a task, a circle is a meeting or an appointment, telephone call, a dash is a note, a W for me is a word or phrase that I want to use in the future, and the rest are not applicable for this podcast. But everywhere I go, somewhere in a pocket, I can guarantee you there's going to be a field note. And field notes are part of a wallet that I carry. I had made up, custom made just for this purpose. To carry some business cards, to carry a driver's license, a concealed carry permit, to have a couple credit cards, to have a pen, and them field notes. So when I'm out and about, sometimes if I need to really noodle and draw and connect the dots, that makes sense. Sometimes I like to write in my skin and really go into further detail. So those two things are with me all the time. And I carry a series of briefcases, mainly a shoulder bag. It's a messenger bag that uh, I tend to use more often than not. And in there will be my iPad Pro with my Apple Pencil. Now, the key is that what I'll do is if I have a note in my field notes, then I will take a picture of it and put that picture in a software program that I use on a real regular basis. And that software program is called Notability. Now I've used an awful lot of different programs and I can tell you without any doubt or hesitation this thing is utterly amazing. So when I have notes in my moleskin I will take a picture. The picture goes into Notability. When I have them in my field notes, I go into my Notability. I can make annotations on the picture. If there's something that I need to talk through, I can actually have an audio embedded in my Notability software program. And I can have dividers and sub-chapters and folders so that you can organize things very efficiently and effectively. In fact, the overwhelming majority of the podcast research that I do for Connecting Dots is done on a iPad Pro with my Notability software program. Now, you might wonder, well, why would I have, for example, a smaller traditional iPad on a gooseneck stand? And I would also have, for example, an iPad Pro. And what the devil would you also need a MacBook Pro for as well. Now here's the way it works. I'll take a lot of notes digitally in Notability using my iPad Pro. And then when I'm done taking my notes and my research and I can move things around, they have a very easy feature in which you can cut, copy, paste, and move things around to different pages. I'll save that and then I use Apple's iCloud and that note is synchronized on my phone and all of the devices that I have. Every one. So I can sit back 
pull that very same note up, which is what I'm looking at right now, and I can see where I want to go, my general outline, and I call it spitballing and shaggy dog talk. So instead of having all of these items written out word for word, I have a general outline, and I'm kind of doing a shaggy dog, and it's going to come out, when, well, it should come out okay. So that's very important, and at the same time, I can do this exact same thing with my iPhone. So one of the tools I always keep with me is my Apogee microphone. And even though I have Apple's AirPods and the traditional earbuds and the cord that is plugged in, what I'll use is my iPhone if I need to and my Apogee microphone to do a podcast when I'm on the road. And quite literally, this is an example of doing a podcast on the road, although I'm in my private office, not in one of my recording studios. But the ability to sync everything over the internet is so cool. So here I am sitting back, very relaxed. And I happen to be watching uh, this evening Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, Season 1, Episode 6 on Amazon. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's a pretty good show and it's interesting. Now, what the thing that I think it's important to understand is that Taking notes by typing, for example, really doesn't, you're not really learning. But you can learn when you, for example, see something, take a picture of it, and then make a note of it. I'll give you a classic example. I buy probably a two or three hardcover books a month. I'll read about eight to ten books a month, but the majority of the books are in digital format. And there's no way I could read all of that if I didn't have my iPad or my phone or my small iPad or my MacBook Pro or one of my iMacs always available. And I'm always reading. So I go to Barnes & Noble, sit back, and I'll look at something. You know, the other day I found a really interesting article in Harvard Business Review, and I wound up buying the magazine. But what I was able to do is I took a couple of pictures of it and I sat back and dropped those pictures in Notability, expanded the picture so it was easy to read, and then I made some notes and got some ideas. And what I wound up doing is I did some good old-fashioned mind mapping, kind of pulling concepts and ideas together. And one thing led to another and I said, Eureka, I've got an idea. Now I'll be sharing that with you. And one of the items we're going to be talking about as we go along and have more episodes here for Connecting Dots, I'll be talking to you about financial therapy and the idea and concept that the overwhelming majority of people don't need a financial planner. You don't. You need an advisor to give you honest to goodness, blunt advice. But most people need somebody to talk to and they need a therapist. Most people have a spending problem. Most people need not a coach, not a consultant, but a therapist because the reality is most people have a spending problem. And the likelihood is that if you're married, one of the two of you have got a spending problem. It's really unusual to have a household where somebody doesn't have a problem. And so those who are in the area of therapy, uh, they don't know what's going on. Now, we're looking at that from a couple of different perspectives. Next week, I've got some interviews and some uh, conference calls with people about that whole topic. And uh, we'll let you know more about that as it develops. But that is, for example, a project that is in my, that's right, Notability. It's a division. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a file folder within a research area. And we can type. I can add supplements to it. It, it just works. Now, what happens over time is these notes can be compiled together, exported as a PDF, and then stored 
for as long as, well, the good Lord wants them. But we can recall them very quickly. So when I begin to pull these notes together, one of the things I'll also do is I'll add a page at the front with keywords and key subjects so that I can find something later on. So follow the logic. I'm out running around. I got an idea. I can pull up my phone. I can go and record an audio. I can put it into Google Keep. I can put it into Notability. I can put it in a variety of different places, but I tend to always pull up my phone and use Notability. Idea. Boom. Today's note. There it is. I can talk and use the text or rather the voice to text feature. And then when I get a chance, I can clean it up. That then in turn is on every device. So let's say I'm now having a cup of coffee. I pull up my iPad and I make some more notes about what it is I was thinking. I have some additional thoughts on it. I have a couple action items I need to do, tasks. Those things can be shared. I can clip, copy, and paste and ship that to staff and I know exactly what's going on. Of course, I have a task relationship management program that runs our office and so it's easy to drop that in there, but I can, again, coordinate from a couple different areas. But the big thing is you want to keep track of your notes, your ideas. You want to have some kind of flow to your mind mapping voice to text and then the copy and paste and taking pictures the ability to export this and one of the things i can do also is if i have a long dictation i can export it to dragon naturally speaking a staff member can then take this put it in run it through and have it transcribed lickety split and again editing is fantastic so notability is something that is a really amazing tool when I was getting ready to do this podcast, I thought, well, maybe I should do this as a video and as an audio. I decided against it because I didn't want to put that much effort into it. But what I will be doing is I think I'm going to actually go through and really dig into some intricate details about notability and how it can be used, especially for those who are retired. Now, if you're younger, again, technology comes a lot easier for you than if you're older. But there are a handful of software programs out there that you ought to consider. And I'm an Apple fan. I'm not a fan of uh, Windows, although Windows is fine. You know, you can use Windows and add Android and do whatever you want to do. Go knock yourself out. But I like the portability of things across multiple devices. And I realize that 99.9999% of you will never be the power user and the super power user of hardware and software that I am. But this thing called Notability is amazing. And so in the future, uh, we're going to go ahead and do some videos on that, especially for clients. So one of the things I'm debating on is, well, how much do I want to give away and how much do I want to provide just to clients? We'll see as we go along. Okay, with that, I think I'll clean this audio up and get it ready for uh, publication for tomorrow. And it's going to be Monday, May 27th, 2019. And this will go up at about 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, there's not going to be an ending or an intro or anything else, but I will tell you this. This episode of Connecting Dots is brought to you by Fixed Cost Investing. Fixed Cost Financial is the home of Fixed Cost Investing, and the way we do it, it's better, it's simple, and it works. What we do is different, we're different, and you're different. All I ask you to do is this. Break the mold and stop walking in lockstep. How about this? Think about 1984 and the commercial for the original Mac. Go online and look it up on YouTube. The guy, rather the gal that's running down and throws the hammer to break the guy talking on the screen. Yeah, that's us. We are the people who are actually running down the hall, down the aisle. In our process, what we do, we're throwing a hammer to break 
the traditional commission-based broker, and nobody should be working with a commission-based broker. Only use a fiduciary. Again, the way we do it, it's better, it's simple, and it works.